This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We're on a series, and I really didn't really, maybe I didn't properly introduce the series, but I feel led, you know, we, we, I ministered on love two weeks ago. I just feel led to go into the power fruit, the, the fruit of the Spirit, since we talked about the gifts. And um, I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And this is a key here, and we're going to go into Galatians 5, 16, and 18. But I'm going to say this, you know, you know, you're blessed that you're here today, and we believe that God's moving. I don't know, do you guys remember my testimony two weeks ago where I said that I, was, um, I paid for somebody's groceries and I was able to pay, you know, uh, pray for the guy. And then there was a lady that asked me at the cashier, can you pray for me too? Well, guess what? Today I was at Food Lion this morning picking up some more water. And, she, and I got in her line today. And she said, you know what happened after you prayed? I said, what? A miracle. So I'm just kind of connecting you to what's going on. So I said, really? She says, yeah, when you prayed, my whole life changed around. I was in an abusive relationship. Now I'm in a better place right now. I'm so thankful. Can you pray for my, for my uh, granddaughter? And, and so, you know, so I, I prayed again. Amen. But God is doing good things out there. And then at this time, I had a card. I said, you need to go to church. She said, what church? I said, Exceed Life Church. And she said, Seed Life Church? <laughs> and I said, Exceed. You know, we, you know it, it's going beyond the limits. In other words, we want to go beyond the limits in God. In other words, we want to live that. How many people want to live the abundant life? You know, I, I'm praying. And one of the things I, I want you guys living, you know, Jesus said that he came, John 10, 10, to give us life, but not just life. He, Jesus didn't come to give us religion. He came to give us abundant life. And what does that look like? You know, some people say, what does that look like? Some people don't even know what abundant, our church used to be called Abundant Harvest Church. And some people don't even know what the word abundant, why? Because most people are, are just trying to live paycheck to paycheck. They're barely making it. Not us, amen? No, we don't live and we don't live trying to tap the reserves. No, we live in the overflow. Well, I got some amens out here. We, I'm living in the overflow. How many people are living in the overflow? And what you got to do to get in the overflow, you got to go deep in God. Amen? In other words, remember Peter? He fished all night, and most people are just toiling in life. I just don't want to toil. I don't want to work hard and get nothing. And Peter and his men, they were fishing all night, and, and then Jesus came. And, of course, Jesus, what does Jesus know about fishing? He's a carpenter, right? But Jesus knows about everything, whatever your occupation may be in. Jesus wants you on top in every area of your life. you believe it today? Amen. And whatever you're doing, he wants you to be, if you're a parent, he wants you to be the best parent in the world. If you, if you work for a company, he wants you to be on top. In the, do you believe that today? It's called favor. Amen. And God wants, and God is favor. He doesn't want to. He is favoring us today. Amen. And so we're talking about love, and uh, the first installment was love. Last week was peace, and I'm going to go in that. But, you know, the Bible says that, you know, you can even look around, and we invite people, and they're coming in. This place is going to be filled. Don't worry. But this is the key. A lot of people don't know how good God is. They don't know how gracious God is, and they think the church is trying to take something from them. When somebody hears church, they think, oh, the pastor wants my offering. No, God wants to get something to you. Amen. It's called more life. Amen. It's called abundant life. Yes. The church is not trying to take something from you. The church is trying to get something to you. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so people have this. And then you got, it says in the end days, Jesus talks about in the end days, people will be lovers of themselves. Yes. And they won't, they, they won't be lovers of God. And I want to be a lover of God. Amen. And the Bible says that the love of many, the love of many will wax cold. Was and I really believe Jesus is talking about even some believers are getting cold in their walk. And my job this morning and my job every Sunday is to get you fired up. You got to get fired up for Jesus. You got to get excited for God. Amen. And if you get if you if you get on fire for God, somebody will watch you burn. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm fired up about God. Of course, you know, Todd White, 
Check him out on YouTube. He's been firing me up. Glory to God. He's coming out uh, in September to do a three-day conference. And you got, we have those little um, brochures out there. You guys need to get to a Todd White service. Amen? Glory to God. Amen. I keep, I keep promoting him. Amen. I like Todd White. We're going to have to have him preach here sometime. Amen? So we're talking about love. And, and, and let's go to Galatians 5, 16 and 18 because this is really good. And then we talked about peace, and then we're going to go in, and we're going to talk about joy today. How many people could stand to walk in some joy? Amen. It's better than walking in depression, right? Amen. It's better than the old press. No, I want some joy in my life. So in Galatians 5, 16 and 18, and uh, this is really good. This is Paul. And in Galatians 5, 16 and 18, it says this. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh... For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Well, I'm reading this. Because, you know, if you're going to walk this abundant life, amen, you're going to have to walk in the spirit. If you're going to walk in a life that's just tapping the reserves if you're walking in a life that's, that, that, that doesn't have the abundance attached to it, then you possibly might be walking in some flesh. What do I mean by walking in the flesh? I mean by operating out of just your intellect and, a, and, and going with worldly knowledge. But we need to go with spiritual wisdom. Amen. Amen. I don't want just worldly knowledge on how to get out of my issues. No, I want spiritual wisdom. And so here, he says here, that it, but if we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. So in Romans 8, it talks about that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So Romans 8 talks about that. But uh, Paul talks about in Romans 8, he says, for the law of life in Christ Jesus has what? Set you free. The law of life in Christ Jesus has what? Set you free. From what? The law of sin and death. So there's two laws in operation. You hear me preach this all the time. There's a law of life in Christ Jesus that we can walk under. But also you can walk under the law of sin and death as well. If you're walking in the flesh. If you're just all about me, myself and I, the false trinity. But if you're about God and you're about others, glory to God. You're going to start walking. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You're going to start walking in the overflow. Amen. You see, I don't have to have perfect conditions for me to have joy. Hello. I don't have to have every seat filled for me to walk in joy. Now, it would help, but, but that's not going to affect my joy level. My joy level is not, it's not based on external. It's based on internal. Can I say it again? My joy level is not based on if when everything is perfect, then I'm going to praise God. Well, you might be waiting a long time to praise God because it may not all get that perfect. Do you know we're in an imperfect world? Do you know we got ugly devils out here? Now, I'm not talking about your in-laws or your outlaws. Okay, we won't go there. But hello, there, there are spirits out here that want to they want to they want to steal our joy. You, and then you got selfish people. You ever you ever run into selfish people that want to steal your joy? Might be the man in the mirror. We won't go there. And then, <laughs> hallelujah. I know you're glad you came. I'm just, <laughs> feel so good, Pastor. Hurt so good. Sometimes you need to hurt so good. Amen. Now, let, let's look at Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And it says here, now these what I call, I call these the power fruit. What am I talking about that? It empowers you. Five, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It empowers you to walk, to walk in the overflow, to walk in the abundant life. Amen. And so here it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. By the way, I'm healed. <laughs> Amen. The devil has been trying to get me with that cough. Glory to God. But every time I cough, I would say, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And I'm going to outlast the cough, and I'm going to outlast the devil. Why? Because the devil gets tired. 
But you know what? The Spirit of God is in each one of you. You say, I get tired. No. If you've got the Spirit of God, yeah, you may be getting, get a little weary, but they that wait upon the Lord. You just need to wait. And do you know how you plug into God? You only teach you how to plug, you know, you plug in. I got this from my pastor, Joe Warren. Pastor Joe Warren. You plug in like this. You're plugging in. You're like a socket, you know, and you worship God, lifting up holy hands, plugging in. In other words, we get empowered by heaven. You might say, I get empowered by coffee, Starbucks. No, heaven. You get empowered by heaven, glory to God. That's how you get empowered. So here in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Amen. Now, love is powerful. And that is it, it. God is love. And we need to walk in the love of God, love towards God. Do you know how to you know how to keep the, the, the peace and the joy in your, really the joy of, of, of Jesus in your heart? Just obey God. Amen. And I say it again, the Bible says that they that obey God truly love God. Boy, it's quiet in this church today. So if people aren't obeying God, then their love may not be that strong. To, to the degree we obey God, that's the degree we love God. And the greater obedience, the greater love. How many people are trying to get more obedient in here? <laughs> Amen. And so he says, so he says, spirit of love, uh, the spirit is love, joy, peace. And it's interesting, it said joy, and we preached on peace last week, but... Uh, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against there is no law. I love that. So so he said he's saying again, you're not under the law if you walk in the spirit in Galatians 5, 16, 18. And if you're walking in the fruit of the spirit, there is no law. What does that mean? That means that, see, the devil, he's he's like an attorney. Amen. and, And he's like he's a legal devil. And he, he, he wants to try to put some charges against us. And what he does is he watches us. And if we walk out of love and we walk in gossip and we're cursing people, and we do, then, then that gives the devil a legal right to accuse us before God. Amen. Amen. And then that gives him a legal right to come in and destroy our lives. Say no gossip. No Hallelujah. Say get out of pride. Amen. And see, when you get in pride, the Bible says you're actually putting yourself in opposition to God. What? I thought God loves you. He loves you. But if you get in pride, you actually, God will start opposing your prayer life. Okay, boy, it's quiet in this church today. And so let's look at this. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. So we'll back up. And it says here, this is really awesome. I love this. It says, for you... Brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. Ooh, listen to that. You know, I was listening to one minister, and he was, and, and, and a minister was talking to him, and he said, well, you're not, you, and, and well, it was Jesse DePlantis, and, and he, he goes out and he preaches in different churches. And one minister said to him, you know, make sure when you go to church, you leave your wallet at your hotel or at home. So when, you, when they ask you to go to lunch, you tell them you don't have your wallet so they can pay for it. Man, I'm going I'm to take that advice. And, you know, he never did that. And he was always the one paying. He pay, by the way, Jesse pays his own way to every church he's ever went to since the beginning of his ministry. He never allowed the churches to pay for him. He's a giver. Amen. So no matter what you may think of him, he is a giver. Glory to God. And so he never followed that advice. But this 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 was saying it says here you've been called liberty, but do not use your liberty to leave your wallet at home. <laughs> like you, I guess you could do it if you t- if you go out with a friend and and you know that they have, have their they have means. Oh, I left my wallet at home. You're going to have to take care. OK, we won't go there. But um, don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, now this is powerful. You need to understand. Through love, what? Take advantage of one another. <laughs> through love, uh, get people to do things for you. No, through love, serve one another. Oh, pastor. You mean if you're walking in love, you need to serve people? Yes. You need to start serving. You need to be a servant. 
In other words, you need a, we were all called to serve. What do you think? Listen, what do you think they're going to be doing in heaven? You know, I, I heard, you know, what, what they really heaven's not about you laying around having somebody put grapes in your mouth while you're laying on a flowery bed of ease. No, people are working in heaven. They're actually serving in heaven. In other words, that's what you do. That's what we're, I'm telling you, some of us that aren't servants, we're going to get a rude awakening when we get to heaven. And they say, boy, get up and clean the toilet. <laughs> you didn't do it down, in, down on earth, so now you can do it in heaven. Now listen, listen, God serving is, it, it gets your, listen, if you're going to walk in joy, you've got to get, you've got to stop thinking about yourself and what you don't have and start thinking about others and what they don't have and how you can be a blessing to others. Oh man, I'm preaching today. See, what it is, the most miserable, wretched people on planet Earth are people that just think about themselves 24-7. See, sometimes when we get sick, uh, sometimes what we do is we start thinking about ourselves and, and, and people start waiting on us, right? And, we, and, and it's, a, it's a tactic from the enemy to get us not, not thinking about others. But listen, I remember Dodie Osteen, Joel Osteen's mom, when she got terminal cancer and probably had six months to live, she didn't let people wait on her. She, she called everybody she knew that she had a problem with and asked them to forgive her, number one. And number two, she started confessing the word of God every day, the promises of God. And number three, she went out and started praying for the sick. And guess what? God turned it around. Amen. Some people want to get healed, but are you willing to serve God once you get healed? Okay, we won't. Hello. We need to serve God. And really, we're not, you're not just serving God, you're working with God. We're ruling and reigning with Jesus. We're partners with God. Say, I'm a partner with the Lord. Amen. And so it says here, um, the fruit of, uh, I love this. But through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. I'm going to get that in your heads. Amen. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. All the law is fulfilled in one word. What is that? What is that? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law? I thought it was to love God. Yes, it is loving God. But in loving God, you're loving your neighbor. And, you, and then you might say, well, pastor, who's my neighbor? You know? Just the people in church? No, your neighbor is anybody that has, has a problem that you can fix. Ooh. Where'd you get that one? Remember, Jesus talks about the, 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 the guy that fell, fell to bandits and was, was beat up. And then the, the, the Levi came by and the Pharisee came by and they kept walking by. <laughs> no, and then the Samaritan came and saw him, picked him up, put him on his animal, took him to the inn and cleaned him up. Pay. It's going to cost you to serve. It's going to cost you to love people. It's going to cost you something, but it will pay rich dividends. Amen. Amen. It's going to cost us to serve God, but it will. In the end, you're going to be so thankful you did. Because when you get to heaven, you won't just have a gown of salvation. You'll have a robe of righteousness, maybe a crown or two. Glory to God. Maybe have some honor in heaven. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm not just living for this life. I don't go with that model. He who dies with the most toys wins. No, they still die. Amen. Amen. And then there is a judgment day. No, I'm just not living for this short life. No, I'm living for God. And I'm getting into a place in my life where I'm living for others. Selfishness is leaving Pastor Dave. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. And selfishness is leaving each one of us. Amen. So through love, you serve one another. I can drop the mic now. Let's go serve. Amen. Glory to God. And so, and the fruit of peace. We're going to talk about peace. Man, I'm trying to get to joy. Let, let me just get, get it. The fruit of peace. Let, this is, listen, peace is brought to you. Man, you know how peace is brought to us? You say, yeah, by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Peace is brought to us by knowledge of God's word. In other words, we need to get a revelation of God's promises. And when we know God's word, we're going to have peace. 
What do, you, what, do you say? what do you mean by that? When you know and the devil's trying to beat you up about you're going to die early, you're not going to live out your life, your future is looking bleak. No, I, I stand on the word of God. No, my, my, my Bible says that, that the plans of God for me are good plans. Not for destruction, but to give me a hope. And a I have to know something. And if you're going to walk in some peace of God, you better know some scriptures. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I know my future is bright. Why? I have, it's so bright, I have to squint just to look at my future. I need to wear sunglasses just to look. Oh, you listen to what It's bright. Your, your future's bright. Because God has good plans for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. You got, God has good plans for you. He loves you. And the work he began, he's incomplete to the day of Christ. He, who's the author and finisher of your faith? Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. See, I haven't preached in a couple weeks. I, I got to get it all out here. <laughs> I missed last Sunday, glory to God, even though I was here by video. So it says here, now, now look at this. The, the disciples in, in John 14, we're looking at John 14, 1 through 3. The disciples were a little freaked out that Jesus was talking about, I'm going to take, I'm going to leave you guys. In other words, I'm going back to heaven. I'm going back to streets of gold, pearly gates. I'm going back where there's no devils, glory to God, and no crazy people. Jesus was talking about leaving them, and they got a little nervous. But, you know, Jesus said, don't worry about it. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to, so to comfort you. But this is what he said. He said in John 14, we, you hear this in a lot of funeral services, this, this passage being ministered. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If they were not so, I would have told you. And I go prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Amen. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was trying to get them rooted and grounded in the fact. He said, he said right at the very beginning, he said here, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, don't worry, be happy. He was saying, don't worry, because there is something more than this place. There's heaven, and I'm preparing a place for you. And there's something that's greater, you know, than, than where you're at right now. And you're headed to heaven. And heaven is in eternity. And in eternity, in the time, of span, in the time uh, 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 that we're in right now, the time span that we live on this earth, maybe 80, maybe 90, maybe 120 years, depending on where your faith is at. Glory to God. And uh, no matter how long you live here, it's still short compared to eternity. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? And eternity is so long and so broad and, and so, so much in eternity. It's, it's like this. Eternity is like this. And our life is like a vapor. And so we need, we need again, get eternal minded. And he was just saying to them, listen, don't worry. I am preparing a place and it's going to be so good. Whatever problems you're dealing with down here will be minuscule. It will be nothing compared to the greatness of God's love that he's going to shower on you when you get to heaven. And if you just start thinking about heaven when you're going through issues and you're going through trials and you get heavenly minded, you can't help but walk in some joy. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? You can't help but being excited. Why? Because don't get excited because the demons obey your commands. Get excited that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. You should get some joy. Glory to God. How many people out here was lost and undone at one time? On your way to hell. Going down the primrose path of destruction. I love that. <laughs> Look, it looks good. Smelling the roses, but you're ending up going off the cliff. There's a lot of people that way. Amen. But we're not going that way. We're, I'm heaven bound. How about you? How many people are heaven bound out here? Amen. Glory to God. We're heaven bound. And I'm not going to let you go to hell. I'm telling you, you better think twice before not coming out to church because I'm going to start visiting you guys, knocking on your door. Where were you at? I'm never going to miss church again. <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking about making some visitations for all these people that are missing church. And I'm going to do some church over there. Talk, I'm going to preach hell and fire. No, I'm kidding. Okay. 
I'm having a good time. Okay. Can I enjoy my job? Okay. Okay. Where am I at? My peace. Okay. John 14, 27. So he talks about, so peace comes from having a knowledge of where you're going and we're going to heaven, right? And so I love where it says in, and I love where it says in Colossians 3:15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. So, so in Colossians 3.15, it says, let, let the peace of God rule in your heart or otherwise be an umpire in your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And then it says here, who you're called in one body and be thankful. How do you let the peace of God rule in your heart? You be thankful, not, not in all things or, or not what is that, that scripture? Be thankful for all, not in, in everything. Give thanks. Thank you, man. You helped me out. But give thanks regardless of what it looks like. You don't give thanks for what's going on in your life, but you give thanks that God is in your life bringing you through that problem. I got it out. You don't give thanks for, God, for the car accident. Oh, God, that was, I was preordained to go through a car accident. You weren't preordained to go through a car accident. That was ordained. Well, I'm glad I got through that one. No, no, God's not putting you through a car accident. God's not putting sickness on your body. God's not doing some of these things. No, we have a devil out here that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's trying to rip some of us off. God's not putting you through the problem. No, he's trying to get the promise to you so you can walk out of the problem. He's trying to get you delivered from your problems. No, he's not putting you in the problem. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. We're putting ourselves in the problem. Glory to God. And so he says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. I love what it says in Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Glory to God. It says, if you want to keep your peace, how many people want to keep peace? I'm just piggybacking off of last week's message. If you want to keep peace, then it says here in Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Did you find it yet? Glory to God. It says here, finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, glory to God, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think about it, if there's any, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, and do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I love that. So, so peace comes from how we think. And what we want to think of things that are lovely, things that have a good report, things that, that you know, that um, all these things that appear and of a good report and lovely. And you want to think on good things. You know, maybe, listen, maybe a relative may have passed away and you're not too sure what their standing was in God. Well, just believe the best. Don't believe the worst. Just believe that God was able to get to them anyhow. God was able to get to them before they passed away. Just believe the best. Because you don't know. You can't judge. Amen. You don't know where their hearts are. That we just believe the best. Because God's a good God. And I'm telling you, you can die. And you could be dropping down to hell. And God still can save you. What? What are you talking about? I thought once you die. No, listen, Brother Hagen died and he was dropping down to hell. He was seeing the flames on the side and he was about ready to enter into hell. He saw this creature and he was being drawn into hell. Oh, don't you love these kind of stories? And he was 16 years of age. 16. You mean 16 year old kids can go to hell? You better believe it. 16. But he had a lot of hate in his heart. He hated his father, wanted to kill his father. He made a pact with his brother that if once he got old enough, he was going to kill his father because he left, his father left the family and just left the mother. And the mother had issues with, with, you know, mental issues and he wanted to kill his father. He made a pact. You can't have hate in your heart and think you're going to make it to heaven. No, you better have some love. You better have some forgiveness. Oh, you listen to that. So he had some hate in his heart at 60. He wanted to kill his dad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever feel that way? You just want to take somebody out? No, vengeance is God. Allow God to settle the score. Put it in God's hands. Pray for them. Pray for those people. You don't want, you don't want judgment on them. You want mercy. Somebody say, I want mercy on, my, on those people. Glory to God. So he was dropping down to hell. But guess what? You know, Brother Hagen 
had a grandmother that was praying and she was praying and she was praying so loud. Everybody could hear God praying. And I'm telling you, if you're a righteous person and you're praying and you're standing in the gap for those that are going the wrong way, God will hear your prayers and God will pull them out of the fires. Even if they're dropping down to hell, his spirit came back up. Three times this happened. The third time, his spirit came up. And by the time his spirit hit his body, he was confessing, Jesus is Lord. A lot of people don't know this story, but he was in church. He got confirmed in a church. And this evangelist came, or this minister came, and said, you got, you, it's not just church membership. You've got to get saved. And he was preaching salvation. But Brother Hagin said, well, I was confirmed in the church, and I was wild or baptized. I don't need to get Jesus. A lot of people don't know that story about Brother Hagin. He was at a church service and an invitation was given, but he rejected the invitation because when he was dropping down, he says, I'm confirmed in the church. And all he heard was an echo that came back through the fiery caverns. And he said, I'm con- I've been water baptized. It doesn't matter. You've been confirmed in any church or water baptized. You better have Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You better have Jesus in your heart and you better know so. Somebody say, I know so. Glory to God. I got Jesus in my heart. I'm not leaving Jesus. I'm holding on to his unchanging hand. Glory to God. But you know, it is an open contract. And you can walk out the door of Jesus anytime you want. He's going to try to draw you back as hard as he can. And you, you, you have to make some decisions. Amen. And so it says here, the fruit of joy. Let's talk about that. Now let's go into my message. That's going to joy. Joy. What is joy? Joy, an acronym for joy. And this, I never heard any preach. Jesus over you. Joy. Jesus over you. In other words, he's our great high priest. He's watching over us. He's praying for us. Jesus is over us. Jesus over you. The hope of glory. Jesus is watching over you. I couldn't get in trouble when I was a sinner. I tried, but my mom's prayers kept me out of trouble. I tried to get, I tried to hook up with people. And for some reason, I was having a hard time having fun as a sinner. Why? Because my mom's prayers, my mom kept praying for me. Glory to God. Amen. And God was protecting me. And God will protect your children. Because you're holding them up before the Lord. And so Philippians 1, 3, and 6, we're talking about joy this morning. And really, uh, I'm going to, we're going to talk about the, the, the book of Philippians. And that really is the book of joy. If you want to study joy out, study what Paul wrote in the book of Philippians. He wrote this to the Philippian church. And Paul was, you know, he was so excited about going to Rome and preaching. And he had it pretty good for a couple of years at Rome. He had a house when he got to Rome. And, uh, and he would minister. But then eventually he got thrown in jail. And so he was in, in jail. He had a jail ministry. And so, you know, he did his greatest work in jail. A lot of people think he did his greatest work. Yes, he raised up churches. And he raised up a number of churches. But his greatest work was writing the letters to the churches that I'm reading to you today. Because that, that, those letters were so powerful and so important. That's why as a new believer, you should be studying the letters in the New Testament. You should be studying these and reading these because these are letters that will help us to know who we are, what we have, and what we can do in Christ. So you need to be reading these letters. Amen. And so I'm going I'm uh, to read a little bit of this Philippians 4, 8, and 9. And um, I'm sorry, Philippians 1, 3, and 6. And here in 3 and 6, think about this. Paul is in prison now. He's writing a letter and he's thinking about the Philippian church. And he's thinking about how good they were to him because the Philippian church, they were givers and they helped him financially. They were a blessing to him financially. And he must have been thinking about them. So he started writing a letter. Listen, if you're going to get out of uh, depression and oppression, start thinking about how good other people have been to you and start writing some thank you notes. Start, call them up and let them know, thank you for being a part of my life. Thank you for helping me when I was in a, in a bad place at one time. Thank you. And why? Because you're not thinking about yourself anymore. You're thinking about others. Is this, are you, okay, is this all right this morning? 
Amen. It says here, I thank my God. Now he says here, I thank my God, Philippians 1, 3, and 6. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, make a request for you with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love that. So Paul is encouraging the, 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 the Philippian church. He's saying that, that he believes that what God has imparted in them, that God will complete it to the day of Christ. You may be wondering this morning, are you going to make it? You're going to make it. What God has imparted in you and the seed that he's put in you, it's growing and you're becoming a mighty oak tree. You're growing because your roots are going deep into the word of God and you're growing and you're going to be such a tree. It's such a beautiful, luscious tree where people are going to come underneath you and pick from the fruit that's growing from you and they're going to be blessed with you. You are a tree. You're growing fruit of peace, fruit of joy, fruit of of goodness, fruit of mercy and love. You're a tree and you're growing. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you today. Amen. You're getting you're walking in more love by faith. You're. You're walking in more peace. You're walking in more joy. You're walking in more goodness. You're walking in, in, in more patience. You're walking in these. You, you're, you're becoming a tree. And people will pick your fruit. Like this morning when I was at, at, at Food Lion. And the lady said, yo, your prayer, man, a miracle happened. Wow. What if I didn't pull uh, Todd White that day two weeks ago? <laughs> What if I didn't pay for somebody's $20 groceries? My own money, not church money. Why? Because I'm sowing seed. Amen. And whatever seed you sow, you're going to reap a harvest. You believe that? Amen. And so, so Paul says, I thank my God in remembrance of you. And then he said that the work that God has, has done, he will complete it to the day of Christ. Paul, listen, Paul was a minister that when he was knocked off that horse that day, the, 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 what the Lord Jesus said, I'm going to show you what great things that you will suffer for my sake. What, what a commission. I don't think I want to hear that from the Lord. Lord, I love you. I'm looking for the abundant life. You're going to suffer a lot. What? You're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through the fire. You're going to go through some stuff. You know what? Listen, Paul got to a point where he said, I want to experience the suffering of Jesus so I can, so I can have the revelation of the, the fellowship of his suffering and, and, and the resurrection power that he walked in. See, Jesus, see, Paul wanted to have a fellowship of Jesus' suffering. Why? So he could have a, a relationship with Jesus, understand what Jesus went through, but not only that, so, so that he could walk in resurrection power. No pain, no gain. No cross, no crown. If you want a crown from God, you've got to pick up your cross. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You've got to walk it out. And we've got to walk some things out. Glory to God. You may have to walk some things out. Jesus had to walk some things out. The Bible, one of the most astonishing scriptures in the Bible that I read, which is amazing to me about Jesus. You ready to hear this? The Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. Whoa, what a, what a scripture. And we're trying to not suffer too much. Well, if it doesn't rain, I'll get to church. <laughs> if it's too hot, too cold, maybe I'll show up. Now, listen, this isn't suffering. You know, so you go to the, go to some of these countries, third world countries, where they don't have cars and they got to walk everywhere. Some of these people walk miles to get to church. But you will see the most biggest miracles in the world in in these miracle crusades that are happening. 
you know, like, like Ron Bonke, and you'll see blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening, people, people getting out of wheelchairs. Why? Because they're willing to go through a process of pain to get the, to get the promise. Amen. And some of us are not willing. They were not willing to go through the process of pain to get the promise. And the process of pain is not that you enduring sickness. It's the pain of confessing the scriptures. What? You, yes, you might have to confess, by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. How many times, Pastor? How many times do I have to quote the word? You better quote it until it happens. It might be a thousand times. What? That's a lot of work, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, that's pain. Yeah, well, I'd rather be watching, you know, uh, my soap opera, you know, as the stomach turns or churns or somewhere of, you know, so, I don't know what the first names are. Are you as the stomach turns? You know, why would you want to watch it? No, confess some scriptures. Start standing on the word of God. That's the only way you're going to come out of your wilderness by talking like the Son of God. Because when Jesus was in the wilderness, He said it is written. And the only way you're going to come out of your wilderness is you better start speaking. It is written. Surely Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. Yet I did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastening of my well-being fell upon him. And by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Glory to God. You know how many times I've quoted that? Thousands. And I'm standing up here healed. I was, at, I was working out yesterday. Glory to God, man, i got to close this thing. I was working out yesterday, and I said to the, to the trainer, he's a trainer, I said, how old do you think I am? And he, I, said, I said, now be honest. Don't be honest. Tell me, how old are you? He said, 42. You're right. I can't, I can't, I'm, <laughs> glory to God, I'm, I'm 53. Can you believe it? God is awesome. People think my, my wife and I are of the same age. Not really, but I keep saying to my wife, you, you know, she's, I won't say how old she is, but she's getting up there. She's almost 40. I say, I would say to her, you're getting up there, girl. You're getting up almost 40. I married her when she was 26. Wow. And I was a young man too. But anyway, we won't go there. Amen. Let's continue. So the fruit of joy. Now listen, peace comes by a knowledge of knowing the word of God. How, how does joy come? I mean, well, I mean, how, how joy, joy is really, is very close. It's linked to hope. I'm going to say this. Joy and hope are very linked. What is hope? Hope is an earnest expectation of something good that's going to happen. So, so joy, it, when you're walking in joy, you just don't, you're not just basing your life on a promise, but you know something good is going to happen. You know that God's going to do something awesome in your life. You know that what you're believing God for is going to come to pass. You know you're going to get that house. You know that that new car is coming. You know that you're getting a new jacket or a new suit of clothes. You just know. You just know. You have an earnest expectation of something good. Joy is produced by knowing that I know, I know that Jesus is going to split the eastern sky. And I'm going to, I'm going to be the first. I'm going to lead the parade and I'll be the first one going up. But really, that's not right. The dead in Christ will go up first. But I will be the second one going up, leading everybody up there to meet Jesus in the sky. How many people believe that Jesus is coming back? How many people are going up? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Or how many people are going to go through the, through the tribulation and go through all that? I'm not. You can go ahead and stock your food. <laughs> I'm not buying a bunch of food and stock it in my... Amen. Well, I'm just being prepared, Pastor. Listen, I'm being prepared too. I'm, I'm staying ready for his return. And you got to be ready for Jesus' return. Amen. So Paul here, he says here... That, that God will complete it until the day of Christ. Now, now listen, joy is different from happiness. Happiness is based on our circumstances. It's, it's external. If all the circumstances are right and I get to the restaurant and my steak is not overdone, I, I like medium and it's not well done, I, I'll be happy if everything's perfect. But everything's not going to be perfect. 
I was eating at a, a breakfast shop last week. I gained four pounds, and I'm going to lose it. But anyway, and I was eating at a breakfast shop last week, and I said, and, and, and they said, I, I said, I want three eggs, and 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 they and they're free range eggs. I want whole eggs. I don't want the egg beaters. I don't. Want, and 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 the late and the 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 waitress said, I got you covered. It's going to be perfect. You trust me? And I said, well, I don't know, man. Okay, I, I trust you. And she brought that egg omelet back, and the egg omelet was all white. It, it was there was no yellow in that egg omelet. And I'm thinking, this is not. This is. This, I, I make eggs all the time. I'm the egg guy. I'm, I'm eating four eggs a day, three three eggs a day. I know what an egg omelet looks like because I make them all the time. And this was all white. I think they they left the yolk out or something. They do they do sell one that. Do you trust me? Not anymore. And she said, do you want me to take, uh, you want me to take it back? No, I never send food back. Why? I'd rather just eat it. I'm going to eat it. Thank you. I'm blessed and eat it. Why? You just don't say, I don't want to take off the cooks. I don't want to make the cooks mad. Why? Because I might get something special in my next omelet. And I may not want that special thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It better just eat what you got. In other words, the Bible says, what's put in front of you, be thankful and eat it. So I'm being very scriptural by not sending it back. I still gave her a good tip, but I was trying to walk in love and win her to the Lord. But I lost that battle that day. Amen. You know, I, I guess I could have said, well, you know. But I said, this egg, this is not whole. Will you only turn? No. But God is good. So, so, so my happiness is not based on how good my omelet is. My, ha- my, 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 or let's put it this way. My joy, it doesn't constitute what's external. My joy is what's internal. Amen. And so people are always trying to be happy. You know, you might be in a marriage. Well, he's just not make. she's not making me happy. <laughs> you get in marriage, not, not because of them making you happy. You make them happy. If two people are trying to make each other happy, you'll be a marriage in heaven. But when we get selfish and we're trying to, trying to pull from them what they don't have, what only God can give us, then we are unhappy. But what you're trying to get is it's from God. People won't make you happy. People might make you mad as fire at times. Your spouse can make you want to just take a long car ride. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Have you been there? I was there. Amen. But you got to walk in love. Say walk in love. So again, 2 Corinthians 11, 23. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 and 27. Um, it says here, this is Paul. And, and, and this is some of his qualifications because Paul experienced so much. And I'm not going to read all of this. There's a lot of stuff in here. But Paul said that he was, he said, I labor more abundant in stripes above measure. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that he received stripes on the side of his arm because he was a good cadet. He was in the military. The stripes he's talking about was he was he was whipped with a whip. Amen. It says in prison more frequently in death often. Do you know, Paul, they threw stones at him and he died and they resurrected Paul up again. Did you know that he was stoned? I'm not talking about recreational stoning. I'm talking. I'm talking about that they had rocks and they threw it at Paul, and he was left for dead. And the and the and the believers came around him and prayed, and he got back up. Is that? That's why he says in death, man. I mean, I mean, he was in bad shape. In, in other words, Paul suffered a lot for the gospel. So for him to walk in joy and to be writing letters and, and writing letters like rejoice and again I say rejoice. What's to rejoice over? You're in prison, Paul, linked to a to a, a guard that they switch out every eight hours. I mean, he's in high security and and he doesn't know when they're going when his ticket's up. In other words, he doesn't know when they're going to say, "Listen, you, you, off of your head," because Paul got executed, by the way. He didn't know when they were going to say. So he was every day. He was wondering if they're going to call my name today. Think about it. He was on death row. Paul. And he's right. Rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. Paul, do you know where you're at? You're on death row, man. You're about ready. They're about ready to take you out. And Paul, Paul was saying this in first in second Corinthians 4, 16, 18. He says here, therefore, do not lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. 
For our light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are, are seen are temporary, but the things that are, that are not seen are eternal. What is he saying here? He's saying that whatever we experience down here on this planet, the tax that we get, everything we experience, they're just light afflictions. And think about what he went through. So what we go through are lighter afflictions. Somebody befriended me on Facebook. Somebody said something. Listen, those are light afflictions. I was bullied. Those are light afflictions. I'm not trying to keep it out. But but, but when people talk bad about you, those are light afflictions. When you know who you are, it doesn't matter what people say about you. When you know who you are and you know, you know, I used to say when I, when I preach on love, you, you know, we, some of us take that pedal, say he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. Hopefully you, you end on the right pedal. Right. He loves me not. Oh, my God. Go hang yourself. Right. No. And you and you pull that. No, this is how you should say it. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He really loves me. He's a head over heels in love with me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. There's no he loves you not. In other words, every pedal ends, he loves you. Everybody, he loves you with an everlasting love. But pastor, I'm going through some things. There's a greater glory. Whatever you're going through, you're showing the devil. You're showing other people that you're not going to back up. That you're not going to quit. That you're not going to throw in the towel. That you're not going to kick Jesus to the curb. That you're not going to throw him under the bus. You're going to keep walking with Jesus no matter what it looks like. It's a greater glory. People say, man, how are they doing it? Because, because Jesus said, listen, Jesus hated going to the cross. He didn't, we despise the shame of the cross. He didn't want to go there. That's why he prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, God, please, uh, you can do it another way because, God, you're smart. And you can calculate this out and figure out a different way. You can make, you can make the sun stand still. If you can do that for Joshua, you can, you can change this situation. But you know what? God didn't change it. Because there was no other way. Because if there was another way, God would have done it. But this was the only way to save us. This was the only way. Jesus had to go to the cross to get the crown. It's the only way. And God didn't love Jesus any less, but God loved us a lot. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? God loved you so much that he gave up his son. Somebody said, you don't know, the, probably the worst pain any person can experience is the loss of a loved one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And probably the worst pain is the loss of a child. Think about that. That's why one of the worst pains, to, to, to lose a child, is probably one of the worst pains that you can incur. But you know what? God lost a child. He lost his son, Jesus, when Jesus was hanging on that cross. Oh, you hear what? God knows and he feels our pain. Amen. So are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so we have to understand this, that happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on knowledge of Jesus. We need, we need to realize this, that, that joy is internal and happiness is external. And when we understand that the internal can change the external, we're going to be walking in a higher place with God. Amen? Listen, if you want, if you want a healing from... Listen, a lot, a lot of people, you may be dealing with a situation in your body. How many people are dealing with some issues in your body you want fixed? Most people want a miracle. What I mean by that, they just want it fixed like that. God, I want it now. But you know what? You don't learn too much through a miracle. But God sometimes allows us to go through the process. And we're going to have to go through the process sometimes and learn some things through our pain. Oh, my gosh. We might have to go through a process and learn some things. Uh, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I'm trying to close this down. Not that I speak in regard. Can I preach two messages since I didn't preach last? Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned. Look, listen, listen. Not that I speak in regard of need. This is Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Think about that. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned. Listen, he says, in regard of need, for I have learned at the very beginning whatever state I am. Then he says 
again, everywhere and all things I have learned. In other words, we might have to learn some things, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does that mean? See, we use that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In a way of, uh, there's nothing I can't do. And that's great. But what he's saying here is, he's saying there's nothing that he, you cannot. In other words, what he's saying is, you can endure anything. That's what he's saying. He's saying, no matter if you're flat broke or you have an abundance of money, you can endure it because you can live through anything. You, if God threw you in prison, oh, not God, but if the devil threw you in prison today because you're a Christian, you can make it in prison. You can make it in the worst circumstances. Why? Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter that your husband or your wife is not treating you right. It doesn't matter. No, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you no matter what it looks like. And you can walk in the joy of the Lord. You're going to have to make a decision. And you're going to have to make a decision that no matter what it looks like, you're going to serve God. No matter what it looks like in Deuteronomy, it says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you're going to have to make a decision no matter what it looks like. You know, some people leave church because a pastor messes up and, and, and runs off with a piano player, right? You know, and then they base their faith on the pastor that did wrong. No, base your faith on Jesus that did right. I'm not going to church because that church, that pastor was stealing the offerings. Well, look at Jesus. Jesus doesn't steal offerings. Base your faith on Jesus. Don't base your faith on what that pastor did or what that person did. Because they're not your, they might be a person that, that may lead you to God. But Jesus is your example. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? i got to close this down. So Listen. Three keys, and I'm closing this down. If you're going to walk in the joy of the Lord, stop asking why you are going through the problem. Most of the time, why, God? Why am, I, why am I going through this? Just know this, you're in a bad place. I mean, we're not in heaven yet, and you're in a place that it's going to co- there's going to be problems. You're not going to always get it. It's not going to always be right. That's why the Bible says that we need to pray that it be like down here on heaven, as it, uh, down here on earth as it is in heaven. You're gonna, there's going to be problems down here. Not everything's going to be right. You can be doing all the right things and still the wrong things can be happening. So stop asking why. Number two, start asking what. In other words, it, it, what, what, am I, what can I learn from this? How can I put the word of God in this situation that seems to be coming against me? How can I, make, how can I turn the cloud into a silver lining? How can I make lemons into lemonade? Are you listening? In, in other words, start asking what you can do in the process. And number three, we need to refocus on what really matters. And what really matters is not what, the, what you're going through. It, it's what you're becoming through what you're going through. It's not what's happening to you. It's what's happening in you. And when you start learning to walk through the minefields of life and you walk through the valleys, I'm going to say this, and you learn in those valleys how to rely on God and how to trust God in the valleys. I don't, it doesn't matter how deep the valleys come. God will become bigger in your life. God will start becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And those valleys will come to a point where it doesn't matter anymore. And you'll get to the point where you're going to praise God in the valley. You're going to praise God on the mountaintop. And when you start praising God, listen, listen, the key to walking in joy is start praising and thanking and worshiping God in spite of it. What did James says when you encounter trials and tribulations? He says, he said, rejoice. Count it all joy when you encounter problems. What? Yes, count it all joy. Start worshiping and praising God. And you start doing that in the the process of your problem. The promise will start to manifest and you will come out of your problem and you will be in the promise and you will be in that promised land flowing like milk and honey and and, and you will be sitting at a table in the presence of your enemies and God will be feeding you the very best. you believe it today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads. Father... I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness today. And I thank you, Father God, that we can walk in joy 
in spite of the circumstances because we know who we are and we know who we belong to and we belong to you. And perhaps you're here today, perhaps you're watching online and you don't know where you stand with God, where you can you can stand in a right position with God today by just praying a very simple prayer and just pray this prayer after me. If you're ready to move forward in God, say, dear God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.